Freedom Man, that's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches it's critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome one and all. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on the Intel Hub News Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. Today is Tuesday, January 11th, 2011. It's 1-11-11 today, all ones. Pretty uh, synchronous that we're going to be talking about Kabbalah, uh, a mystery tradition that is connected with numerology uh, in, a, in a big way tonight. And um, what we'll be doing is breaking down this tradition in detail. I'll be talking about different aspects of it. Um, we have uh, some images up on the um, radio show page of the website uh, at whatonearthishappening.com. If you go to the uh, radio uh, listen page, you'll see there are eight images for tonight's show listed underneath the player and I'll be referring to those this evening. What we have been doing on the show for many, many weeks is discussing different methodologies of mind control, and we've gone through 12 of the 14 already. I'm taking a break in that progression to uh, start to break into some actual occult teachings, and Kabbalah is one of the first traditions that I decided to begin to go over with the audience and hopefully this will act as sort of an initiation uh, of a kind for people that want to learn more about it and I will post some documents and videos this week I didn't do that last week uh, I just basically went with the, the basic symbolic images for the show last week but on the podcast page this week I'll try to post uh, references to some books and videos for people to do further study on their own so um, we have covered a ton of mind control techniques. I briefly just want to um, not review them, but just uh, go over the ones we've covered so far and talk about the ones that will be coming up in the weeks to come. We've talked about obfuscation. We've uh, gone over worldview poisoning. The exploitation of primal fears was mind control technique number three. Number four was the divide and conquer strategy. Number five was indoctrination of the educational, uh, so-called education systems of the world. 
Number six was controlled opposition or basic dialectics. Number seven was the monetary system, a huge one. Number eight was the control of the mass media. Number nine was food and medicine and all the harmful things that we find in, uh, you know, the what we consider nourishment and uh, medicine in this day and age. Number 10 was the illusion of time. Number 11 was the denial, hassle, and ridicule factors. And number 12 was religion, which we've been talking about as astrotheology and as a method of mind control over the last several weeks here on what on earth is happening. Last week I began to get into the Kabbalistic tradition and we're going to continue that this week. And uh, please do go up to the website and check out some of the images that I have posted there uh, on the radio listen page and you'll be able to follow along in depth uh, with those images. So before we do that, I just want to uh, give the call in numbers and read the event announcements and then we'll jump right into our study of Kabbalah this evening. I have uh, three event announcements for tonight and actually one change from the uh, uh, event announcements I I've been reading uh, over the last couple of weeks. The first is the Free Your Mind Conference Fundraiser number three. This is happening at Germ Books and Gallery at 2005 Frankfurt Avenue in Philadelphia. As a quick side note, Germ, uh, Germ's proprietor David Williams announced uh, sadly this past week that Germ will be closing its doors. And that's horrible news. It's uh, just really uh, very sad that a, a bookstore of this quality uh, is closing up shop. This is probably the best um, bookstore for esoteric information in the entire uh, Philadelphia tri-state region, if not the East Coast altogether. Um, it's a one-of-a-kind place, and uh, I'm really sad to see it go, and it will be missed by everybody that uh, use that re bookstore as a resource, as a gathering place, uh, you know, for, for friends and other people interested in the same types of information. So um, I want to wish my best to Dave and, uh, you know, uh, let him know that we really appreciate uh, that he's kept that store going for this long. Hopefully maybe someone else can uh, get involved there and possibly take it over or continue it. I don't know, you know, what the situation is as far as the store or the rent goes, but I would love to see it continue because it was one of the, uh, the best bookstores I've ever seen. So this will be one of the last events at, at, the, uh, at Germ Books uh, current location. Um, the Free Your Mind Conference Fundraiser, San Sunday, January 16th, 2011, at 2 o'clock p.m. at Germ Books. The admission is $10, and um, Michael Melton, who was going to give a a speech entitled The History of Mind Control in America at this event unfortunately will not be available to do that. He has to attend to some family issues that came up. So, um, and he let me know that in advance. So he will not be in town uh, during this weekend and therefore uh, his lecture will not be going on at Germ. Um, on, on the other hand, what will be happening is I will extend my Wizard of Oz presentation into to cover more ground and to go further in depth. So I'll have a little bit more time 
to really expound on the topics that I was going to talk about in my presentation on the Wizard of Oz. My presentation for this event is entitled, Everything I Needed to Know in Life I Learned by Watching the Wizard of Oz, an exploration of the esoteric occult symbolism contained in the perennial classic movie based on the book by L. Frank Baum. So, um, this is going to be uh, my contribution for the fundraiser effort for the Free Your Mind Conference. This is the third one. We'll probably be doing one more in February, and that will be the last one uh, before we actually have to uh, wrap up fundraisers and really start to get uh, the, uh, the travel arrangements uh, complete, completed for the conference. So uh, if you're anywhere near the Philadelphia area, please do come out and support the goals of the Free Your Mind Conference. I'll be reading about what that's all about in a moment. So that's event announcement number one. Another change is that um, the Truth, Freedom, Prosperity Networking Social, which I've been announcing over the last couple of weeks that was going to be happening at Liberties, is postponed. Uh, I don't have a rescheduled date yet, but it, it is not happening on uh, January 22nd, so scratch that from your calendar if you were planning on attending that one. Um, instead, I will read an event announcement for Truth, Freedom, Prosperity. This is their uh, upcoming free documentary screening and discussion night, and it has a new venue. It is no longer at the Ethical Society of Philadelphia. It is now taking place at Media Bureau Studios, which is at 724 North 4th Street. Seven, I'm sorry, 725 North 4th Street. 725 North 4th Street in Philadelphia. Okay, that's in the Northern Liberty section. It's near 4th and Brown. So uh, this month they are going to be screening um, Melt Up, and I'll read the description for that in a moment. But uh, this is happening on January 26th. That's a Wednesday night, January 26th at 645 PM, they're going to get started. So um, the Truth, Freedom, Prosperity um, documentary screening and discussions have been moved. They're no longer on the, um, the third Monday of the month. They are now on the last Wednesday of the month in Philadelphia. Truth, Freedom, Prosperity documentary screenings on the last Wednesday of every month. And the new venue is Media Bureau Studios at 4th and Brown in Philadelphia, okay? So this month they're showing Melt Up, and uh, Melt Up is the beginning of a U.S. currency crisis and hyperinflation. So that's what uh, this uh, documentary is basically going to be on. Uh, the Truth, Freedom, Prosperity documentary screening and discussion evenings are free. However, um, the organizer for these events pays for the room out of his pocket, so any uh, donations are welcome. So that's that event announcement. And finally, the Free Your Mind Conference itself, a conference on consciousness, mind control, and the occult, Saturday, April 9th, and Sunday, April 10th, 2011, at Ruba Hall, 414 Green Street in Philadelphia. The doors open at 9 a.m. The program begins at 10 a.m. on both days. Admission price is $20 in advance and $30 at the door. Free Your Mind is a unique two-day conference scheduled for April 9th and 10th. 
featuring multiple speakers and diverse educational materials for the purpose of raising public awareness of the critically important topics of mass mind control techniques, the covert and subversive influences upon our consciousness and behavior, trauma-based and ritualized abuse, and the practical mental and emotional healing methodologies for those affected by these devices. The featured speakers, Aaron McCollum, Alfred Weber, Andrew Basiago, Bob Tuscan, Farah Yurdozu, Jan Irvin, John Nicholson, Larkin Rose, Laura Eisenhower, Mark Matika, Mark Passio, Michael Kelly, and Suzanne Taylor. Now, uh, we have a few changes to the lineup of speakers as well uh, today, and um, we have a couple of new speakers, and we have one speaker that has, uh, I believe, uh, canceled and is not going to be able to be there. That is Mel Fabregas. Uh, will most likely not be making the conference um, unless uh, something changes, but it looks like he uh, had some other obligations. So Mel Fabregas is off of the speaker lineup, but just added two new speakers, Joseph, uh, Joseph Mara and Paul Marco. So Joseph Mara and Paul Marco, two new speakers added to the Free Your Mind lineup. I'll be posting their bios to the website later this week or early next week, so please check out the conference website for more information at www.freeyourmindconference.com. That's all the event announcements I have for today. Let's give the call-in numbers and then jump right into the topic for tonight. Two call-in numbers for this show. I'll give uh, the, the talk show call-in number first. That's 724-444-7444. Once again, the talk shoe call in number 724-444-7444. The call ID number for what on earth is happening is 83515. You'll be prompted for that. Enter the numbers 83515 for the call ID. If you want to call into the blog talk radio, if you're listening on that network, call into 646-727-3387. Once again, the blog talk call in number 646-727-3387. So tonight, we are going to take a break from talking about uh, mind control techniques to discussing occult traditions. And as I said last week, we have to get out of the notion of thinking about occult, if anyone still does think about this word, in the sense that it is uh, purely evil. We, we need to really... Uh, become a little bit more mature in our understanding of what the occult is. And it is simply hidden or esoteric information, information that has been generally taken out of uh, human uh, wide circulation for human consumption. And it has been reserved for an initiated class, people who want this knowledge. And uh, what this hidden knowledge basically really all comes down to and all is about is the self. It is about the qualities of the self. It is about the relationship between the individual and the cosmos or the divine underlying intelligence of the universe, however you want to look at that. It is about the human subconscious. It is about the, the qualities of the personality, the qualities of the human psyche, the mind, uh, the aspects of the brain, it's all about us, 
That's what it is about. And that's why we're in the situation that we're in as a species, ladies and gentlemen, because this information has generally been taken out of circulation and reserved for a specific class of people. When you limit information that people have access to, and only a small group have access to said information, specifically when that information is as important as what we'll be talking about tonight is, what happens over time is that information becomes abused, it becomes hoarded, it becomes used as a weapon because it is a means to an end, which is power in the minds of people who want control, want domination, and it's a piece of cake if you can keep information and knowledge from people and using that same information begin to manipulate them with that information without their knowing because they have no access to it. Look at it as psychology. If a psychologist really wanted to do a number on a person who's very immature and naive and doesn't understand a lot about how the human psyche works, it would probably be a piece of cake for them to do that because they know all about how the inner workings of the mind work. And the person that they would be wielding that information on like a weapon does not. So they would almost be powerless to defend themselves against those methodologies unless they became aware of them. And that's what this is all about. That's what mind control is all about. Mind control is basically using information that other people have been denied access to as a weapon against them. And the only way they can really come out of that is to be initiated, meaning they develop the desire to understand that information because they understand how important it is and because they begin to understand that it's being used against them. They develop the initiative uh, energy and effort to learn about how that works, how that, those processes of the human psyche work. So that's what the process of coming out of mind control is all about, and that's why I'm teaching occult uh, methodologies. I'm teaching occult um, philosophies and, and ideologies. And there is no blanket good or bad when it comes to this. It is how it is used. This information is simply a tool to which we have access. And it depends upon the level of consciousness of the practitioner as to how this information will be used or employed in one's life. So with that having been said, let's uh, begin again our uh, discussion of Kabbalah, which is an ancient Judaic mystical tradition that is the underlying and foundational tradition that really uh, um, underlies and supports all the Western mystery, mystery traditions in general. Specifically, um, it is connected with the Hermetic tradition. It is also connected with Freemasonry. It is also connected with the study of tarot and other traditions as well, as we'll see tonight. So, I'm going to cover a lot of ground here. I'm going to move kind of fast. And um, if there's any questions, please call in. Uh, no taboo topics. Always free to call in and discuss whatever you want on this program. So, um, last week we began to break down the major symbol of Kabbalah, which is the Tree of Life pattern. And we will, I'll do this again, I will uh, review this and basically start from scratch on this. The 
Sephirotic Tree of Life is the main symbol of the Kabbalistic tradition. This is a uh, symbolic tree that is drawn with ten spheres or circles, okay? And these are called Sephirot. Sephirot is, it means emanation, okay? It's plural word. Sephirah is the singular. And emanation or a basic essence or quality, something that arises, okay? That's what this is, what this word means, okay? So if you hear this, the, the tree of the Sephirot or the Sephirotic tree of life, you, you'll know we're talking about the Kabbalistic tree of life. And these images are uh, that I'm going to be referring to. It's much it's going to be much easier if you're looking at the images as we're talking about this. Um, are on what on earth is happening? On the radio listen page, you'll see the button for that on the left hand side of the website, and you'll see images for tonight's show, January 11th, 2011, and there are eight links there that will play in a little pop-up window. Okay, so. If you want to follow along with the images, that will make uh, this broadcast much easier on you. That's where to find them. The, the sephirot, or the emanations, the spheres on this tree of life, are connected by different paths, okay, in an arrangement. And these paths represent different aspects. They represent Hebrew characters of the Hebrew alphabet, okay. They represent tarot cards, because tarot and Kabbalah need to be studied in conjunction with each other, okay? Uh, uh, tarot is also all about the qualities of the self and the universe. Uh, they call it the, the book of life, and it is basically a pictorial, symbolic representation of the soul's journey through life, as is the tree of life as well, as we will see. Now, these ten sephirot, they are spoken about in the um, tradition of the Kabbalah as emanations or qualities, and there are prescriptions against adding or taking away. You'll see this as a recurrent theme when you study um, religion in general, specifically Judaism, the, the, the study of the Torah, and the ancient books of the uh, Kabbalah, like the Zohar. They, uh, there is a prescription often given in these books that it is considered blasphemy or uh, tr something tragic will occur if anything is removed or added. So books of the Bible, you'll often hear this warning and you see this come up in the Kabbalistic tradition, specifically in the Zohar, because there are ten sephirot on the tree of life in Kabbalah. There are not nine and there are not eleven. Okay, and this is said in the Zohar that it is considered, you know, a blasphemy to speak of either nine sephirot or eleven sephirot, and we see the number nine eleven come up in a ritual that was enacted in two thousand and one, and nine eleven is a dark, um, it is a black magic number. Let's just put it that way. This is a number loved by dark occultists. It comes down to the number 92 because you add the two ones together. And, you know, we'll talk about in the future what the number 93 is all about when we get to the section about 9 11. 
um, the next two sections. The, one of the reasons I'm even doing uh, this breakdown of Kabbalah now is because it is going to be instrumental in understanding 9-11, which was a dark uh, Kabbalistic ritual, a dark Masonic ritual as well, a dark uh, ritual of um, clopotic magic or sorcery, if you will. Um, for people that still don't want to accept that 9-11 is an occult event, it was an event that is completely centered around occultism. You're a naive child. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Uh, I'm not going to try to prove that this is the case. I'm going to state it. Because I understand, and I'm going to give backing evidence for this when we talk about it, but as foreshadowing to that, we won't be doing that tonight, but as foreshadowing to that, I just want to say definitively it was an occult event, period. I don't think that. That's not my opinion. I know that with certainty, okay? And the reason that people don't believe that it was an occult event is twofold. One, they know nothing about the occult. They're ignorant. They're not just nescient, meaning they don't know it and they can't be expected to know it. They're nescient. They don't know about the occult and they don't want to know about it. And the second reason is the reason they give for not wanting to know about it, which is, I don't believe in that stuff. And here's my warning about that statement. And this is a left brain statement that comes out of people's mouth. Only super left brain, scientific types, logical types, types that think that they're going to solve the world's problems through politics or monetary reform, okay, think this way. Because they don't know what the real problem is. They don't know what the real root cause of the problems that are going on in our world are, which is what we all we talk about on this show. The people who think like that who say, I don't believe in that stuff, so it can't be what, you know, how it went down or can't have anything to do with that event. They don't understand a basic principle. You don't need to believe in something. As long as someone else believes in it and they're willing to act upon their beliefs, your belief isn't required. If somebody else has the will to act upon their belief system, it doesn't matter whether you believe in what they believe in. I give the example, if a Christian fundamentalist group wanted to come armed with AK-47s and shoot up an abortion clinic, and you happened to be sitting in a restaurant next to the abortion clinic and some bullets flew through the windows and shot you, did you need to believe in their ideology for you to be affected by their actions? Of course you didn't. Okay? So to say, I don't believe in the occult, and therefore that has no bearing or influence upon my life, is bunk. And it's a childish, naive position to take, and it's one that only super left-brained morons take, to, to put it in quite frank language. Okay? Idiots think like that. Any intelligent person understands there could be any given number of crazy ideologies that people out there subscribe to, and if they're willing to act upon those beliefs, it could affect your life at any given time. That's just the straight truth about that, that, that situation. So I'm, I'm letting you know 9-11 is an occult ritual in advance before we even talk about that. And it doesn't make a difference whether you believe in the beliefs that this ritual is based upon or not. Other people do. 
And we'll be briefly touching upon that tonight when we get to the section about uh, clopotic sorcery. Okay, so let's get back to our breakdown of the Kabbalistic tree. The tree is composed, again, uh, I led into this, that aside there on 9-11, because we were talking about the 10 sephirot on the tree. Not 9, not 11. It, it, these numbers, when spoken of in relation to the sephirot on the tree of life, are considered blasphemous in the Kabbalistic tradition. So, of course, this ritual was named after this concept of blasphemy. It's because it's dark Kabbalism. It's not true Kabbalah. Okay? Um, again, there are light aspects to all occultism and dark aspects to all occultism. It's the consciousness of the wielder of the information. And that's critical to keep in mind and needs to be re-emphasized continuously because there are people who insist that all occultism is evil. There are people who insist that all of it you know, is nonsense and doesn't have anything to do with anything going on in the world. And these are people who clearly do not understand the dynamics that are taking place. Clearly do not understand them. And I'm, I'm doing my best to desperately try to get this information out there for anybody who will listen and make a further study of this because you understand this is all about you. That's what this is all about. And other people understand this and they're using it as a weapon against you. So it would behoove people to learn this information. Because to initiate oneself into higher levels of awareness about the self about the human psyche, the soul, is what we're really talking about here, okay, is the, one of the best ways, if not the best way, to begin to come out of their levels of uh, manipulation and control and to empower oneself to work against these dominators that are doing a number on the human population. So the ten sephirot, it is prescribed, prescribed not to think about, not to uh, consider any more than nine, uh, any more than ten, or any less than ten. So not nine, not eleven. And you will see on the image there seems to be eleven spheres. But this um, one that is completely behind the tree, uh, if if you can make out the letters, it, it says dot, d a a t h dot. Okay, dot is called the um, hidden realm. Okay, It is not one of the sephirot. It is a hidden sphere or a, um, a truly occulted realm. And some people in Kabbalah speak of this realm as um, the void of the subconscious, the, the realm that we go into to connect to higher levels of consciousness through meditation. It is... Um, the unspoken, it is the, the abyss, the veiled aspect of ourselves, okay? It is the, the part that really, the part of ourselves that we really connect with when we are silent, when we go into uh, wordless contemplation or meditation, and this connects us to the infinite source. And the, the, the realm of dot. Uh, and I'm, I'm kind of jumping ahead to something that is more advanced. You know, I just want to talk about this in relation to that it is not one of the sephirot. 
there are ten, and this is not one of them. It is not considered one of the emanations on the tree. But rather, Dot is considered one of the, uh, the, the places from which the tree emerges. So this is kind of the, I guess you could call it the realm of the birthing of the tree of life. Okay, the like the birthing of the soul, and these are all the soul qualities. So it's like kind of um, a cosmic womb of sorts. Okay, and it is a hidden realm. Some people call it the realm of hidden knowledge. It is kind of likened to the Akash in other traditions, in Eastern tradi traditions. Okay, so if you've heard of the Akashic records, this is some some people liken this to what Dat represents in Kabbalah. And there are different interpretations on this, so my word is not the final one, but I'm giving you my understanding of it from my readings and study, okay? So, let, let's start to break down the ten sephirot, okay? So, in, in order, I'll be listing them and talking about their qualities, and we'll do that. I hear the intro music for this first break, so we'll be doing that as soon as we come back listening to What on Earth is Happening, right here on the Intel Hub News Network. Okay, for listeners who are listening in on TalkShoe, I'm not sure that that was a break. It looked like uh, some music had kicked in. I'm, I put Blog Talk on hold, and um, if that clears up, I will go back to the call. This happened last week. Not sure why. Some kind of a glitch on the network end, but uh, let's jump right back into our discussion, and I'll uh, chime in on uh, the Blog Talk um, line in a moment to see if that uh, is cleared up. So, the um, the first realm uh, on the tree, the first sephirot, is Keter. That is up at the top. Okay, this is uh, the crown. Okay, this is the ancient of days, as they call it in Kabbalah. And what this is is basically cosmic consciousness. It's the highest level of awareness. And Malkuth, down at the bottom of the tree, where the tree uh, stands upon, the base of it, 
is the physical uh, world. It is the material realm. This is, uh, you know, a material identified state of awareness. And then the other spheres are all different aspects and qualities of, of the self. So at the top we have Keter, and then to the right, on what is called the Pillar of Mercy, we have Hokmah. Okay, Hokmah means uh, wisdom. It's what we do with what we know. On the left-hand side from Hokmah, we have Binah, B-I-N-A-H. This means understanding. So this is simple knowledge. Okay. Um, Hesed, on the right-hand side, on the Pillar of Mercy, the, this right-hand path of the tree. Okay, it means mercy, has said. On the left-hand side of the pillar of severity, right in the middle, for which it is named is Geburah, which means severity. So these are different aspects of how we can deal with ourselves, with others in the world. Uh, we can exercise self-control, which would be like Geburah, or we could ex uh, exercise um, influence upon others, which would be Hesed. Um, Tiferet in the very middle of the tree is the uh, heart. This is the care qualities of the individual. I'm going to check back with Blog Talk real quick. From the burdens and protect your property. Our system is often superior to. Okay, they are in the uh, in the call. So uh, uh, in the uh, 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 ad play right now. So uh, the, I'll go back to the commercial and hold on through that. Okay, here we go. If you want to know more so you can prosper through the economic collapse, all while staying honorable and true to yourself, then call 877-417-8393. That's 877-417-8393. Or visit freetoprosper.com right now. And while I don't see control of the population, total tyranny is amongst us. The burden of humanity rests on our shoulders. The only way out. Hey, Mark, can you hear me now? Yes. How are you? Good. I have no idea what's happening, why that music keeps playing over you. That's okay. Could you hear that music? Yeah, I, I heard it come in, um, and I thought it was the break, so I just, uh, you know, put, muted myself and waited like 30 seconds, and the first thing faded out, but then another song faded in, and it wasn't a commercial, so. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I went back happened, on uh, Talk Show and just told them, hold on, and tried to clear it up. I went back to Blog Talk, and then I heard the commercial in there, so no problem. It's probably just people messing Very with strange. us. All right, well, yeah, probably somebody's messing with us, hacked into our stuff or something. Anyways, we're coming back from the real break. <laughs> Great. And um, I'm still scheduled to come up there to Philly one way or the other, whether or not you guys have enough money to throw me anything or not. We we, we do, Bob. We're, we're going to take care of you. Well, you know, you, you know my all, all I needed was just a little bit of money maybe towards the, the plane ticket. So. Yes. There, there will be uh, there will be funds for you. I'm going to make sure of that. 
All right, no worries. And by then we'll have the the network fully up and running, and we'll be able to to simulcast it and do all that. Fantastic. Okay, man, stand by. Your show's coming back. You got it. And welcome back to What on Earth is Happening with your host, Mark Passio. Here's Mark. Okay, so we were uh, discussing the um, Tree of Life in the Kabbalah, and um, we had a little bit of technical problems. Those are cleared up, and I was talking about how there's 10 sephirot or emanations on this tree, uh, they di represent different aspects of the personality, the psyche, soul qualities, in other words. And they're arranged on three vertical paths. So if you look at image number one on the site, you will see that there is three uh, pillars or paths. The pillar of severity is on the left. The pillar of mercy is on the right. And the pillar of mildness, sometimes referred to as the pillar of will, is between the two in the middle. Uh, referred to as the middle pillar simply sometimes. So um, the pillar of severity we shouldn't look at as something that is uh, dark or evil. It, it is internal. These are internal or uh, yin qualities of the individual. The pillar of mercy are the, uh, so the, the pillar of severity on the left hand side is the lunar pillar. The pillar of mercy on the right-hand side is the solar pillar. These are the active qualities or the masculine qualities, the yang energy qualities of the individual. The pillar of mildness or will in the middle are the synthesis between the two, or they are unitary qualities of the individual that lean neither toward the uh, active or passive, the masculine or feminine. Okay, um, So Keter at the top. This is uh, the, the Sephirot number one. Now, how they how they go in order, I was starting to tell people this last week, but this is the order. You start at the top, and that's one, where it says Keter, okay? Then you go to the right, and that's the second one, Hokmah. Then back to the left, and that's Binah. So we're going to go in like a lightning bolt pattern, okay? So it's going to go from the top, then to the right, then to the left, back to the right, back to the left. Okay, then we would go to Tiferet in the middle, then down to the bottom of the pillar of mercy, mercy Netzah, and then Hod. So I'll give you the order real quick, okay? Keter is number one. Number two is Hokmah on the right, the top of the pillar of mercy. Number three is Binah at the top of the pillar of severity. Number four is Hesed. That's the middle of the pillar of mercy on the chart there, okay? That means mercy. Keter means crown. Hokmah means wisdom. Binah is understanding. That's three, okay? Four, Hesed, on the middle of the right-hand pillar, means mercy. To the left of, the, uh, of, of Hesed is Geburah, that's at the left-hand side of the, the middle of the pillar of severity. Geburah is severity. Okay, the middle of the tree, right on the middle pillar, is Tiferet. Okay, Tiferet is beauty. This corresponds to the heart or care. Okay, Netzah, okay, that's Tiferet is number six. Netzah is number seven. That's at the very base of the pillar of mercy 
on the right-hand side, netzah. That's victory. Okay? It would correspond to will, power. Hod, on the left-hand side, at the bottom of the pillar of severity. That's sephirot number eight. Hod is splendor. Okay? Yesod, in the middle, on the middle pillar, just above Malkut, that's Sephirot, Sephira number nine. Okay? And this is foundation. And then Malkut is the bottom one at the very base of the tree. Okay? And this is the physical plane. This is the material world. Malkut. It means kingdom. So, let's start there. And if you're looking at image number one, it says Kabbalah, tree of life. It has the tree itself, the pillars listed. All of the sephirot are labeled. And then there are attributions on the right. And you see that there are four realms that this tree is divided up into. Um, we'll get into those in a moment and how they correlate to different aspects of the personality as well. So, Malkut, the bottom of the tree, Sephirah number 10, okay? And you see it has a symbol there where it's, uh, it's the symbol of earth, and it's broken into four. It's an equal-armed cross with a circle around it, uh, the four quadrants. The, this represents earth, air, water, and fire, or the material realm, the material plane. And Malkut is the base base level of awareness and consciousness. It is our physical instincts. It is our um, uh, simply um, physical life lives. Okay. It is the 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 physical aspects of the individual. Uh, some people call them the animalistic attributes. Okay. Um, these are simply uh, base instincts and survival needs. That's what Malkuth represents. It corresponds to the base chakra, okay? And I'll, I'll go over that in a moment when we look at image number two, okay? Um, above Malkut is Yasod. Now, uh, I'll, I'll talk about the Kabbalistic worlds as I talk about the um, uh, sephirot, sephirot, okay? So, Malkut is the bottom of this tree, and this corresponds to the, the Kabbalistic world. There are four worlds in Kabbalah, as they are known. Um, and this is the lowest of the four, okay? It's called Asiyah, A-S-S-I-A-H. Asiyah is the physical world or the material plane. As we've already talked about, that's what Malkut is associated with. And this is, uh, on the image, I've given it the Hebrew character He, because the, in the uh, four-letter name of God in Hebrew, it's called the Tetragrammaton, the four-letter name of God, is uh, yod Hey vav Hey. That comes, transliterates into English as uh, Y-H-V-H, which we pronounce Yahweh or Jehovah, Yehovah, okay? And this, uh, this is the uh, final character in the name uh, it corresponds to the element of earth, which I've put there over on the right-hand side with its alchemical symbol. So, Asiyah is the physical world, the material plane, or the element of earth, and it corresponds with Malkuth. Now, as we move above and out of 
the pure identification with the physical world. We have other attributes that we develop uh, in the course of our lives, and we we basically start to uh, go up into higher planes of development. The first is the mental plane, then the emotional plane, then the the plane of the will, and. Uh, these correspond with different sephirot, okay? Specifically, they correspond with, with what are called uh, the triangles. There are three triangles that form the other nine sephirot, okay? So, we have Yesod, Hod, and Netzah, and that's the world of Yetzirah, the formative world or the mental plane, okay? We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll be getting to these as we explain each sephirot in detail. Yesod is the next um, sephira, and this means foundation. Now, this is the desire um, aspect of the personality. And again, it could be positive or negative, but in its positive aspect, it represents uh, desire to want to know, to want to improve oneself, desire to want to get out of the purely... Uh, materialistically identified realm and get to a higher level of consciousness. So to come out of Mal Malkuth and to go uh, up into higher levels of development is what Yesod really represents. It's the beginnings of initiation. And as we saw last week and a few weeks ago when we studied the chakras, um, this sphere would correspond to the um, sacrum chakra. Okay which is the desire chakra near the genitals of the body. So this is the, um, the, the desire center of the individual. And this is the, the first place that we connect for beginning uh, or initiation into higher levels of, of knowledge and awareness. Uh, above Yesod to the left is Hod, okay, Sephirah number eight. And this is uh, splendor. And another word that I would use in place of that would simply be courage, because this is the, uh, this um, horizontal bar that connects Hod and Netzah represents uh, the, the, the solar plexus chakra, okay? And this is, uh, Hod and Netzah together represent the solar plexus because the, the solar plexus represents the will center of the body or guts in general courage. So it's not just courage, but it's then uh, action, okay? Um, so hold would be the internal qualities of that aspect of uh, willpower, and which is courage. And netzah is the external attributes, which is taking action in the world or, or actual willpower to do things. So that's called victory, netzah. So these two together, it's, a, it's a, what's called a dualistic chakra, one uh, a, or a du dualistic sephirot. That's why they're on that, that bar uh, that actually uh, is like kind of like a rung on a ladder. Again, the uh, Kabbalistic tree is often referred to as the ladder to God. And that's very important because a symbolic representation of this tree was destroyed on 9-11, thereby destroying the ladder to God. You see how dark, you know, the symbolism, you know, was all about. When you start to study this, you understand what the practitioners of that ritual were really saying to us of what they were trying to do. Cut off the human race from the, their divine nature.
Um, but and they're doing a wonderful job at that, and we're helping them do it. <laughs> but to go back to uh, the the analysis of the tree, Hoda and Netzah, if you bring them together, they form the solar plexus chakra, okay, in the middle, and it's sim they're simply two different aspects of that. Uh, that those qualities within the individual. Again, the pillar of severity, you could look at that as the internal qualities. So hold would represent courage. And the external qualities uh, on the pillar of mercy, Netzah would represent actual action in the world, getting things done, willpower to get things done. Okay? Now, this is where we left off last week with Tiferet. Okay? Tiferet is. Um, beauty. That's the very middle of the tree of life. And you see it has the most connections to it because this is what the universe centers around. And it is, it's, it's given the attribute of the sun in the Kabbalistic tradition. Okay, I liken it to the earth in the, uh, the uh, system of the chakras. Okay, Because that's the, 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 sh the heart chakra of the solar system and indeed Tiferet represents the heart chakra as well. And this is the realm of beauty or care or concern. Um, it is um, love, essentially, love energy. The generative principle, care, that's what Tiferet is all about. And uh, when, when in the Christian tradition they say, none come to the Father but through me, and these are words attributed to Jesus, we see that Keter is the Father, and it's the Ancient of Days, okay, and that represents the... Uh, the um, you know, uh, actual God, um, or the Creator God. Okay, Tiferet represents that the Son of that quality. Okay, of that force, which um, its attribution is the Son. We see in astro theology how Jesus is a representation of the Son, which we studied in previous weeks, and we can see that it is the path along the middle pillar that you must pass through to get to Keter from Malkuth. Okay, the Yesod is on the middle pillar as well, right before um, uh, we just lost our blog talk connection. I'm going to uh, add it back in, folks. Bear with me. I'm not sure if that's connecting or why it isn't, but uh, it looks like we dropped out of blog talk. We're still broadcasting on TalkShoe, so no worries. Uh, may have to get a podcast over to him uh, tomorrow, but... Uh, uh, technical problems persist. Uh, it happens. What can I say? So um, that's why I record live here, and uh, you know everything is backed up. So you know I take no chances. So um, I'll just continue, and if our blog talk comes back in, we'll uh, add it back. Let me uh, drop that connection and try this one more time, folks. Hold on. No, doesn't seem what. Oh, there it is. Okay. All right. If if anybody can hear, hear us. Okay. Not sure. Not sure if anybody can hear us on Blog Talk, but I'll try to uh, continue. So um, uh, hopefully that that uh, problem is cleared up. But here we go. Um, 
Tiferet is the care center, and that is the middle of the tree of life. The most connections are made to this because, again, this represents the generative principle, and this is what really uh, the universe is centered around. So uh, it is probably the most important sephirah on the tree of life, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, this is what we really have to get in touch with if, we're, if we are going to get up to the high levels of this, uh, this climb in consciousness. And, um, you know, so it is true. None come to the Father but through, through uh, the Son. Um, uh, this is a Kabbalistic um, uh, allegory, so to speak, okay? It's, uh, it's a Kabbalistic attribution that's really being spoken there for those who understand it. Um, above Tiferet to the left, you get to um, Sephirot number five, which is Geburah. That means severity. And again, this is a quality that, um, uh, of self-control, of working upon oneself, um, you know, of uh, sometimes needing to reel in uh, qualities within ourselves that are out of control. Um, this is the, uh, the, the thing that I call dominion, self-mastery, or uh, simply uh, a a achieving sovereignty, being, a being that as you think, so you feel, and so you act. And then action is connected with this because these are two aspects of the same chakra. Geburah and Hesed, when they come together, uh, when we bring them together on the middle pillar, they represent the throat chakra. Okay, And this is all about influence, how we can, we can speak severely or with mercy. Okay, we can, we can chastise or we can encourage. Okay, we can invoke fear or we could uh, inspire. Okay, so different aspects of the way we speak. Um, this is, um, uh, yeah, th these two spheres are about how we interact with ourselves and with others in the world. So hesed is mercy, and this is uh, influence of others. And it, it could be dark influence as well. When we talk about, you know, th there's a corresponding tree to this in Klopotic Kabbalah, which is called the tree of death. And all of the attributes are all about the pure negative qualities within the individual and, you know, how they can influence other people to do their bidding and do their will and manipulate their mind. So I'll be briefly talking about Klopoth uh, later in the show. But Hesed, on the pillar of mercy, is influence of other people around you, okay? Being uh, an inspiration, uh, helping, to, um, helping to help others to uh, attain higher levels of awareness if we use it in the proper aspect. Okay, Binah at the, this is uh, Sephirot number three, Sephira number three now, and this is on the top of the pillar of severity on the left-hand side. Bina means understanding, and understanding is an intellectual quality, and it is simply uh, pure knowing, and it is the, um, the internal quality. Again, it is what we, the knowledge that we carry within us through our experiences, through our readings, through our studies, through you know, who we talk to, who we pay attention to, what we watch and listen to as far as media goes, etc. These are, these are all the mental qualities of, of the individual. Uh, the right-hand side, and it uh, looks like blog talk dropped out again. I, I'm, I apologize for that, folks. I'll try this one more time. If this doesn't work, I'm going to just disconnect from blog talk so we're not interrupted any further. Okay, 
I'm not getting a connection, so I'm going to drop out of Blog Talk, and we're just going to continue on Talk Show, and I'll have to send Bob a podcast uh, tomorrow. That's all. So, um, Bina is the internal qualities of knowledge, okay? And it is simply what we know, okay? So, this is, again, at, on the pillar of severity, which is the internal pillar. So, it is simply knowledge or understanding. And once again, uh, Mark Passio has dropped from the air on the Intel Hub News Network. Seems like somebody's messing with our feed tonight. Uh, that's okay. We'll continue to present this sort of information, and we'll be moving off of Blog Talk Radio as soon as possible. So if you're tuning in to Mark Passio's What on Earth is Happening, and you want to know more, visit his website, whatonearthishappening.com. You can also visit my website, uh, theylie.com. Of course, I'm Bob Tuscan, the host of Truth Be Told Radio, right before Mark's program on Tuesdays. And uh, my show's Monday through Friday at 7 o'clock. Let's see here. Uh, where did Mark go? Hopefully he'll be reconnecting shortly. I'm not sure why he keeps getting dropped. Must be something with our message. They don't want you to hear about this stuff, folks, for whatever reason. The powers that shouldn't be continue to interfere with our communications, but we will continue to present this information as we do Monday through Friday on the Intel Hub News Network. Let's see here. Maybe we'll take a quick commercial break, and uh, when we get back, hopefully we'll be reconnected with our good friend Mark Passio and his show's live, What on Earth is Happening?, that's what on earth is happening with Mark Passio. Don't go anywhere. This is Are you still paying your credit cards and so-called bank loans thinking that you owe the money? Do you feel like it's your moral obligation but can't see an end in sight? Well, what if I told you that in truth, you don't owe a single penny and that the banks know this and hope you don't find out? Here's where we come in. Free2Prosper.com specializes in a profound debt repudiation method which challenges the validity of your so-called debts, morally frees you from the burdens, and protects your property. Our system is often superior to settlement, bankruptcy, or consolidation, which often leave you in a worse situation. If you feel the moral obligation to take care of yourself and your family, then I urge you to consider taking action right now. The economy will not wait. If you want to know more so you can prosper through the economic collapse, all while staying honorable and true to yourself, then call 877-417-8393. That's 877-417-8393. Or visit free2prosper.com right now. Hey, it's me, Shepard, the host of the Intel Hub. Check out my live show every Sunday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can check it out from my website, theintelhubradio.com. Join me, Joe Joseph, 
John King and A.C. Griffith, Thursdays and Sunday evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern for Freedom Link Radio on the Intel Hub News Network. A very wealthy U.S. citizen is predicting that in 2011, we will witness the most important day in America in more than 50 years. He says it will change everything about our lives. The way you shop, travel, invest, educate your children, and even how you take care of your health and family. Now this man has made some outrageous predictions over the years, but the crazy part is he's usually right. You see, he predicted the collapse of GM, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and America's biggest mall owner, General Growth Properties, a few years ago. In fact, Baronis called his work a dire prophecy. Now, this has nothing to do with the stock market, but it could have a huge impact on almost every aspect of your life. And recently, he created a video, which you can watch online for free, detailing his biggest and most important prediction yet. And it's a real eye-opener. I can't stress this enough. You should at least watch this free video online today. He explains everything you need to know, including simple steps you can take to protect yourself. You can find the video at www endofamerica8.com Although this video may be offensive to some audiences, it's worth checking out. Again, that's www.endofamerica8.com Watch this free video at www.endofamerica8.com You are listening to the Intel Hub News Network Crushing the New World Order Piece by Piece Welcome to Talk Shoes. Please enter the call ID followed by the pound key. You may access the call up to 15 minutes before its scheduled start time. And we're trying to connect here with Mark Passio. From what on earth is happening? Let's see if I can manage to do this. Followed by the pound key. Enter your PIN followed by the pound key. If you are not a TalkShoe member, press 1, then pound. To get access to... You are now joining the call. All right, we've joined his TalkShoe account. This is What on Earth is Happening with your host, Mark Passio. Let's see if I can connect to him off the air here. Yeah, things happen, folks, with a little bit of technical difficulties. You never know what's going to happen when you're talking about things like that, of which we talk about on this network here. Please leave your message for... All right, let's try him one more time. If not, we'll get to a best of... Oh, wait, there he is. I think that's him calling up right now. Mark, is this you? No, Bob, Chris. Chris, what's going on, man? 
Bob, um, I was listening to um, the show on um, Talk Show and um, also listening to Bob Talk. He was having trouble with you. He lost you twice. And then as soon as he, he disconnected you, I guess, permanently, he's going to send you a podcast tomorrow. Then we lost the signal on uh, – I lost the signal on Talk Show, and I can't, I can't listen to him now at all. I think what happened, Chris, is that he dropped off the Internet, um, and that prevents him from doing his show. I just tried to call his personal cell. Let's see if we can try to call him again and get in touch with Mark uh, now that I see that he's not online. I think that has a lot to do with some of the technical problems. Is simply, you know, a matter of his internet going out. Okay, well, I'll let you get back to that. I just wanted to let you know what was going on. No, thank you, because I'm trying to figure it out for for our end. To connect with Mark uh, and, and Chris, uh, stand by because hopefully we'll be back with him in just. Bob. A minute. Hey, Mark. Bob. Yeah, I think my internet connection is completely out. We're having a massive blizzard in Philadelphia right now. So I don't know if that has anything Very to do with Very um, interesting. Well, you're on the air, uh, at least on Blog Talks, um, and uh, I, I thought it was, you know, we had some weird problems before with the music, and then you dropped off and then came back, and I thought it was maybe Blog Talks. And um, we just heard from one of your listeners, Chris, who was listening on Talk Show. I am connected to your Talk Show, although I don't think they can hear me because uh, I would have to unmute my connection to them. Uh, and you just came back online, uh, so maybe okay. you can back up. There, yep, I see a page is loading. Hold on one second. All right, folks, don't worry. Mark is going to be coming on. I'm try to log back into TalkShoe. All right, and once you log back into TalkShoe, uh, give us a call over here at uh, Blog Talk if you can. I'll, I'll do that immediately. Or you know what? You don't even have to call us on Blog Talk. If you find uh, me in your TalkShoe, I'm, I'm connected to it. So as long as we hear you on um, on the talk show, uh, that's all that matters. Okay, great. Sounds all right, good. Mark. Uh, thanks for bearing with us with uh, these, you know, unfortunate but uh, technical difficulties we have to deal with. We're not on FM or AM, folks, uh, so we don't have these big generators powering us, keeping us, you know, on the air when the power goes out. We rely on the internet. And what are we going to do, folks, when the Internet is no more? Yes, that's right, folks. There's the possibility that the Internet will dissolve. We've heard about Internet 2 and some of these plans for a commercialized Internet. Well, what are we going to do when we don't have access to the Internet? Well, hopefully we'll have the Internet forever, right, folks? But realistically, we probably won't. Just heard from Bob from Cincinnati. He's in our blog talk chat. He says, tell Mark to go for it. We can hear him through you, Bob. And uh, he says, this stuff is powerful. Yeah, we're going to continue to talk about this stuff. Hopefully he's connecting to the talk show and we'll hear him any second now. Let's see. Mark, I can't hear you. Where'd you go? Mark Passio, of course, his website, whatonearthishappening.com. Let's see. Mark, are you connecting to TalkShoe? He's writing me right now. I can see him writing me. Let's see here. What is he going to say? You know how on Skype you can tell when somebody's writing to you? 
Let's see here. Just called Blog Talk. All right, he's on our Blog Talk switchboard. Very good. Here he is, none other than Mark Passio, rain or shine, hey, Bob. folks, back on the air. Mark? Hey, Bob. All right, so let, let's try this again, and I'll be standing by uh, intently just in case I have to connect you via your cell or something. Bob, real quick, I just want to let you know, the uh, talk shoe, um, I don't think I'm broadcasting on there because I could not dial back in. So uh, okay. I don't know if I don't know if uh, that will be going out over talk shoe. I just want to let the uh, you know listeners know that. Um, I could try to dial in one more time. It was giving me a busy signal. I've never heard that from talk shoe before. Yeah, but, what, uh, uh, if it gave it to me as well, and then I dialed back one more time, and it, and it allowed me to go in. Um, you might want to okay. just stick with with one feed though tonight, and we'll have to. I'm gonna uh, try it. Yeah. Okay. What are you trying to add it to your uh, conference? Busy signing Bob, I don't sound know again. If, uh, you were able to hear anything on that, but I couldn't hear anything from that line. Okay. Well, fair enough. We'll, we'll just keep going on the Blog Talk radio feed and the Intel Hub News Network. Hopefully. If we can manage. Can you still hear me, Mark? And he dropped again, folks. This is funny. His internet connection went out. Let's call him on his cell. Hopefully he'll just do a cell, uh, the phone, for, the show from the cell, rather, for the rest of the program. Hey, Bob. Mark Passio, what on earth is happening, man? Um, so it looks like I dropped out again. Uh, I still look like I'm in through Skype, but there was like hardly any audio coming through at all. It was just all garbled. I have muffled. a feeling that has to do with the blizzard. Uh, the blizzard that's coming through. And, the only uh, thing I could think of, because uh, you know, usually my connection is rock solid and reliable, but uh, it appears right. that my internet connection is up and down. So, all right, Mark, well, do it through the, through the cell phone. If you don't mind, I was going to say, yeah, just do it through the cell phone. We can hear you loud and clear. Bob from Cincinnati's listening. We got our friend Eric, right. and uh, we're right. ready to go. Anybody want to come in and uh, you know, uh, I could take a couple calls. Is anybody hanging on for calls? Uh, let's see. Maybe Chris has a comment or two. I'll, I'll ask him off sure. the air here in a second. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll continue after taking a call or two. Sure. Okay, and we also have uh, the call-in lines open at uh, toll-free 877-598-8549. That's toll-free at 877-598-8549. And, uh, Mark, why don't you recap uh, as to where you were, and I'll see if anybody wants to speak on sure. air. Great. So I was Related to um, uh, the, the realm of basic knowledge, the knowledge that we carry around with us, uh, it's an internal quality because it's simply what we know, not what we do with what we know. What we do with what we know would relate to Hokmah, which is Sephiroth number two, uh, at the um, at the top of the pillar of mercy. So uh, Sephiroth number two, Hokmah, at the top of the pillar of mercy on the right-hand side would, would relate to what we do with what we know. And uh, that is wisdom. That's what Hokmah is connected with, wisdom. So um, 
Um, that is the last sephirah before Keter. Keter is, of course, the crown, which represents the highest level of, cos uh, of uh, consciousness that human beings can attain to, and it uh, is uh, the top of the pillar of mildness, or the middle pillar. So if you look to the right of this chart, you will see different um, attributions given to these uh, levels of the tree. Um, the three triangles, Yesod, uh, the three sephirah that form a triangle uh, between Yesod, Hod, and Netzah, just above um, Malkuth, rep represents the world called Yetzirah, or the formative world. This is the mental plane. It is the uh, alchemical attribution of air. So, you know, earth, air, water, and fire uh, are how the uh, alchemical attributions progress in upward progression, earth being the lowest and fire being the highest. These correspond to the four worlds in Kabbalah, with Asya being the lowest on the physical or material plane, and then yet zero um, above that, which is the formative world, uh, the, the world of formation. This is where ideas begin to take shape. Bria is the uh, world above Yetzira, and this represents uh, the creative world or the emotional plane. So this is the alchemical symbol of water, as we see it there on the chart. This is an internal quality, okay? And this, uh, the triangle that is represented on the Kabbalistic tree is the one that is formed with three, the three sephirot of Tiferet, Geburah, and Hesed. It's a downward pointing triangle as a, uh, yes, uh, is a downward pointing triangle as is the triangle that, uh, is formed, uh, by Yesod, Hod, and Netzah, or the, um, world of Yetzira. So Bria is, uh, the, I guess you could call it the uh, sacred feminine aspect of the worlds of Kabbalah. It is um, the internal uh, aspects. It is the, the uh, a purely created world. Some people call this the, um, um, the uh, I'm trying to think of the name for it, the, uh, uh, not, not the spiritual plane, but uh, the, the astral plane, the astral world or the astral plane. Now, Above that is one more realm that is even uh, higher in consciousness, and it is closer to pure source uh, without any form at all, and it's called Atzalut. Atzalut is the archetypal realm. This is uh, the world of just pure uh, archetypal imagery. Um, it's a pure idea. It's pure spirit, if you will. Okay? It's alchemical fire. It's the realm of will and spirit from which all things that come into formation uh, originate. So this is given the Hebrew character Yod, which is uh, um, the first name in the Tetragrammaton, and it, it also corresponds with the alchemical uh, symbol of fire. So these four worlds are all different aspects of the individual, and it represents basically... Uh, Asiya is the physical world that represents what we have, our uh, physical attributes, the situation we might be born into, what uh, resources we have in the world. Uh, it could correspond with money. It could correspond with, you know, uh, what our talents, our basic talents are. Yet Zira is the formative or mental plane. This would correspond with 
you know, uh, how we use our mind. Uh, it would it would basically relate to the things that we study and take into ourselves intellectually and uh, our capacities in that regard. Bria, the creative world or the emotional plane, is how we use our heart. And again, it's Tiferet is based in this world, and this is basically care. It's our water. You know, how do you carry your water, in other words? So this is the realm that has to do with the generative principle, the creative world, care. How What we care about is what we create. Absolute, the archetypal world is the world of pure spirit or the plane of will. Um, it's ultimately what drives everything. And that's the archetypal world, and that's alchemically uh, attributed to the concept of fire. Now, moving to the next image here, to move along in these concepts, we see the tree of life and its relationship to the chakras. I was briefly explaining this last week, but I made a visual representation of it. Uh, we talked about the planetary system uh, corresponding to the chakras of the body, and here we see a chart in image number two that basically relates all of these uh, concepts together. If we collapse the three dualistic sephirotes into one along the middle pillar, we would get the seven chakras. The base or muladhara chakra, the root chakra, and I corresponded that to Saturn in the uh, uh, attributions related to the planets when it comes to correlating them with the, uh, the chakras of the body. Um, the uh, sphere of Yasod on the Tree of Life corresponds to the Sacrum Chakra, the Swadhisthana Chakra. Uh, I corresponded that to Jupiter along the, uh, the planetary solar system chakra points, if you will. Okay, Hod and Netza would both correlate to uh, the uh, solar plexus chakra or the planet Mars. Uh, Tiferet is the, uh, or beauty would correspond to the heart chakra as we talked about. The, um, the Anahata chakra that is, okay. The throat chakra or the Vishuddha chakra corresponds to the, um, the spheres of Deborah and Hesed, uh, progressing upward on the tree of life. Again, another dualistic, uh, sephirot, which when combined form the throat chakra. Uh, Bina and Hokma, um, uh, when they come together, form the Yajna Chakra, or the Third Eye Chakra, or the, the planet Mercury. The Throat Chakra, of course, corresponds to Venus. The Heart Chakra with Earth. Okay? Um, the Nanhokma correspond to the Third Eye Chakra, or Mercury. They are, they are the mercurial aspects. And what we know, and then what we decide to do with what we know. And Keter represents the crown chakra. Again, this is pure being, higher level of awareness, cosmic consciousness, Christ consciousness, if you will. And this corresponds to the Sahasrara chakra, or the crown chakra of the body. There are the seven chakras as it relates to the seven levels of the Kabbalistic tree of life. Uh, we see that this, if we move to num image number three, we see that this is what the menorah, which is a uh, Jewish uh, candelabra that is used um, uh, during Passover. This is about um, uh, the tree of life as well. It's a, uh, a different orientation of the tree of life and the ten sephirah. Hey, Mark. We have seven. Yes. I thought you agreed that you wouldn't talk about this Jewish stuff on the air 
Um, you know, you know, I'm Jewish, and I, I don't want anything uh, to get out about our secret plan to world rule the world. No problem. I'll keep it on on the down low. <laughs> I don't know if you heard uh, Payday Monsanto's show on Saturday, Mark, but he started going off on Zionism and everything. And um, you know, I, I I did the same interruption. Of course, it's a, a joke amongst uh, the people that listen to the network. Uh, that uh, the Jews run run our media station. I happen to come from a Jewish family, but I am more than happy to hear about all these sorts of symbolisms, whether they come from the the Jewish traditions, the Masonic traditions. It doesn't matter to me. I'm interested in truth. Sorry to interrupt, Mark. Go right ahead. No, no problem. As I said uh, previously on shows uh, in, in the past, people who think that it's all one group, you know, Oh, it's all the Zionists. It's all the Freemasons. It's all the uh, the dark uh, Kabbalists. It's mm-hmm. all the Jesuits. It's all the Vatican. They don't understand the interconnections of these secret societies and how they work as one guiding hidden hand. It's a very complex web of interconnections, and uh, it works through the banking system. It works through religious structures. It works through governments. It's 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 not cut and dried. It's not a simplified. Uh, thing with one set of people at the top that are all part of one organization. They, it's psychopaths who have infiltrated all institutions that are based on hierarchy and compartmentalization. This is why I uh, spent so much time talking about the structure of power, of quote power, which is illusory power, but the structures of control are more important than the organizations that actually work toward that control. It's important to know about them, but we have to understand the how and the why, even more so than the what. The why is the most important. The how is right under that. Then we can understand the what and, and analyze it, you know, from a left brain perspective about who who is it, who is involved and you know what those organizations are, are are all about and how they work. But we have to understand this is a complex interwoven strata of secret society networks working together, and it's no one group. There are good and bad in, in all, in all uh, you know, uh, philosophies and ideologies as far as the way pe- human beings use them. So I'm sure there are you know, people in the Jesuit order who are good-hearted people, and there, there are people in – I know plenty of people in Freemasonry that are um, very good people and are working for the betterment of mankind. You know, the people in the Kabbalistic tradition, uh, there are tons of good people. All of these things, however, can be twisted and perverted and used for selfish reasons and for reasons of control. So, we, again, we have to uh, uh, elevate our understanding of this into a more mature perspective as opposed to this childish notion of saying it's all one group of people and they're doing it all. Let me just add um, one quick yes. addendum. Uh, sure. In addition to that, we were talking about this as well on the Payday Monsanto show, um, and definitely want to plug his show, Mark. As you know, he's he's from the Philly area, and uh, Absolutely. he'll be at the Free Your Mind conference, uh, definitely, um, just to, to be there uh, as a, a student, just like I am, and also to mingle and perhaps maybe have a performance of sorts. Uh, we'll have to work that out with him off air. But anyways, uh, that's besides the point. I was going to say real quickly that uh, we were talking about the fact that most Jews, they have no idea about the the Kabbalistic uh, traditions, if you will. They have no idea. The average Jew is uh, more 
aware of his corned beef sandwich and his uh, pickle and his, uh, you know, his uh, bankroll or whatever. And they don't really know the first thing about this. They don't know that when they're calling someone goyim, that that's referring to other human beings that are not Jewish as cattle. Uh, they don't know this. They just think of it as non-Jews uh, being goyim. So the average Jew is a sheeple. Uh, and is just as much a brainwashed victim as the average Freemason who maybe doesn't know the true nature of it and so on. Absolutely. And that's, that's what I'm doing this for, is to bring awareness and hopefully inspire people to study a tradition that is rich uh, in its understanding of human consciousness like Kabbalah because so much can be gained from a study of this, a deep, in-depth study. And again, I couldn't possibly, on the air, no matter how many weeks we really covered this, mm-hmm. uh, cover all of the different aspects of the Kabbalistic tradition. Right. It is a lifelong study. Now, Mark, and, one of the... I, uh, yes. real, uh, let me interject here. One of the aspects of the Kabbalistic um, studies that you were just about to talk to and, and before my big Jewish mouth interrupted, uh, and I say that with all the love, folks... Um, <laughs> Anyways, one of the things you were going to say, and it piqued my interest, was something about the menorah. Tell me more. Yes. So the menorah is actually a representation of the tree of life. If you look on my site on the radio page, image number three is an actual depiction of the menorah, and it shows how it corresponds to the different uh, sephirot on the tree of life. There are seven candle uh, holders on the menorah, and they are uh, basically in a U-shaped pattern in three U-shapes that cross a middle pillar, being the middle um, uh, candle. Uh, so if you look at that middle uh, candle as the middle pillar, okay, and you have the three uh, uh, external sephirot, okay, uh, on the left representing the, the path of severity, the pillar of severity, being Hod, Deborah, and Dinah, Okay, as you're all the way to the left, eight is Hod, five is Geburah, three is Inah, okay, on the left-hand side, right? On the right-hand side, we have, starting from the outside, Netzah, Hesed, and Hokmah, going up on the, uh, the, the path of mercy on the right-hand side. So the, the very top or the middle uh, candle holder at the top would be Keter, okay? And then along the middle of the tree where the three U-shaped um, um, uh, holders cross the middle uh, candlestick, we would have the three other, um, the two sephirot and then the hidden realm on the middle pillar being uh, um, dot at, the, at the, the top underneath Keter, Tiferet right in the middle on the second rung, and then the middle rung, and then at the bottom, Yesod. Um, you know, difficult to uh, understand that by just an explanation over the phone, but if you look at the image, it becomes very clear. Uh, of course, the base or the actual bottom of the uh, the uh, entire candelabra would be Malkut or the physical realm, which is the, the base or you know, the thing that holds up the rest of the tree. All right, I think, is that the break music? Yes, it is. All right, here's the break music. We'll be right back on what on earth is happening.
Are you still paying your credit cards and so-called bank loans thinking that you owe the money? Do you feel like it's your moral obligation but can't see an end in sight? Well, what if I told you that in truth, you don't owe a single penny and that the banks know this and hope you don't find out? Here's where we come in. Free2Prosper.com specializes in a profound debt repudiation method which challenges the validity of your so-called debts, morally frees you from the burdens, and protects your property. Our system is often superior to settlement, bankruptcy, or consolidation, which often leave you in a worse situation. If you feel the moral obligation to take care of yourself and your family, then I urge you to consider taking action right now. The economy will not wait. If you want to know more so you can prosper through the economic collapse, all while staying honorable and true to yourself, then call 877-417-8393. That's 877-417-8393. Or visit freetoprosper.com right now. Hey, it's me, Shepard, the host of the Intel Hub. Check out my live show every Sunday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can check it out from my website, theintelhubradio.com. Join me, Joe Joseph, John King, and A.C. Griffith, Thursdays and Sunday evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern for Freedom Link Radio on the Intel Hub News Network. A very wealthy U.S. citizen is predicting that in 2011, we will witness the most important day in America in more than 50 years. He says it will change everything about our lives. The way you shop, travel, invest, educate your children, and even how you take care of your health and family. Now this man has made some outrageous predictions over the years, but the crazy part is he's usually right. You see, he predicted the collapse of GM, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and America's biggest mall owner, General Growth Properties, a few years ago. In fact, Baronis called his work a dire prophecy. Now, this has nothing to do with the stock market, but it could have a huge impact on almost every aspect of your life. And recently, he created a video, which you can watch online for free, detailing his biggest and most important prediction yet. And it's a real eye-opener. I can't stress this enough. You should at least watch this free video online today. He explains everything you need to know, including simple steps you can take to protect yourself. You can find the video at www endofamerica8.com Although this video may be offensive to some audiences, it's worth checking out. Again, that's www.endofamerica8.com Watch this free video at www.endofamerica8.com You are listening to the Intel Hub News Network Crushing the New World Order Piece by Piece Okay, folks, welcome back to What on Earth is Happening with Mark Passio, your host. That's the last break for today's show. We're going through the rest of the program for the next half hour, commercial-free. What on Earth is Happening? Here we go. Mark, we have a question for you from the chat room. Bob from Cincinnati wants to know. So we now understand the spears and pillars of the Kabbalah. How do these Kabbalists use 
this as a vehicle for power or dark occultism? Mark? Well, I I would say chiefly in two ways. The first is the simple understanding that these are representations, symbolic representations of qualities that are indwelling within the individual and within consciousness itself. In understanding that, simply uh, understanding the motivations of human beings and being able to basically predict their patterns of behavior because you know that they do not have that same understanding that you do about the human psyche puts you at a distinct advantage over them in whatever aspect or uh, particular uh, manipulation or machination that you want to perform. So the, the knowledge itself of these different soul qualities, if you will, uh, if they are held by people who have a propensity to desire control in the first place, uh, can act as a, a, a mechanism for power and being a weapon to be held over the heads of people who are simply dwelling in ignorance, pure ignorance. And what they're dwelling in ignorance of is themselves. Uh, again, self-knowledge is the real answer to all of the problems that are plaguing us as a species. If we don't know the self, we are uh, going to be basically manipulated for uh, as far out into the foreseeable future as we can imagine. We have to understand what drives us, what our motivations are. We have to understand what the aspects of consciousness are, how they work, how natural law works. And this is what the tradition of Kabbalah is. Kabbalah is a visual, um, and uh, it is also a tradition of um, uh, orally uh, spoken, passed down oral tradition with symbols, okay? Uh, the, the, the word Kabbalah actually means to receive, by the way. So this is the reception of the knowledge of natural law principles is what this ultimately is all about, as is Freemasonry in its pure uh, form, in its unadulterated form. So they, what they have, just by the sheer fact that they have and control this knowledge in general, um, not that they control it, but they have attempted to control and hoard it in the past and infiltrate it and then water down the tradition so that they keep the true tradition and then water it down for the uh, exoteric uh, masses to teach them the exoteric aspects of it. So um, just by the nature that they are in a position, that they have this knowledge and are in some positions to have infiltrated these traditions and controlled them, puts them at a distinct advantage over people who are in complete ignorance, uh, in complete nescience of this knowledge in some cases, and in other cases are in ignorance of it, refuse to acknowledge its importance and and learn it. Um, The second way they do this is through the symbolism itself. Symbolism speaks to us at a subconscious archetypal level. It does not need to be understood, uh, just like we don't need to believe in a tradition for it to have an effect on us if other people are uh, acting upon the belief in that uh, tradition or ideology. Symbolism does not need to be understood consciously for it to have an effect on the subconscious mind. This is why it is used in advertising, movies, subliminal messages, um, in uh, news, in media, in military, in police, 
and uh, it is used in these mega rituals that they trot out every time and again to really bring negative change to the people of the earth so that they can have more control. 9-11 being the chief example of Kabbalistic symbolism, archetypal Kabbalistic symbolism employed on a mass scale. So that, that, that would be my answer of how the simple understanding of this knowledge, if um, you know, it is not used in the right way, can uh, be used as a vehicle for control. Now, people will say, well, knowing that, why would you teach this? And I would say because I, it is my position and I feel that humanity will never be free until the occult is no longer the occult, meaning until this hidden knowledge is brought out into the light of day, we, we grow up, realize, realize that this exists, it can be used in a positive or negative way, and we need to make the willful decision to choose it, to use it in a positive way for the elevation of human consciousness. And I don't think there's any more time to dilly-dally when it relates to that or to uh, ignore the fact that this is what really must be done. Uh, for the people that understand this, who are occultists, they are coming out and speaking the truth about this now at this time in history. And that's I'm part of that process. I consider myself to be part of that process. And I will continue to do that for as long as I am able. Um, and uh, that, that, is, uh, that is the reason I'd say, you know, a good and, and evil can be, um, you know, you could choose to use any of this knowledge that I've been talking about on the show for good or, or ill. And um, uh, I, I don't take the position of fear that says, well, because it has the potential to be used for something negative, then it, it needs to be hush-hush and, and, and kept for the initiated. No, that's, I, don't, I don't feel that that's right. I, something just smacks of me of elitism and control for that, and I think that's the problem. That is the problem is that this hasn't been widely taught. So uh, moving on to the next topic, because uh, we only have about 20 minutes left in the show, and I'll try to wrap uh, up the last few concepts on Kabbalah, and then we can move on to uh, some more sacred symbolism in the uh, next show. Um, I want to talk about the, uh, the other soul qualities that are spoken about in Kabbalah as it relates to the four worlds. Um, and this is image number four, and you see the uh, Kabbalistic teacher, Lon Milo Duquette, in the background here. This is taken from one of his uh, documentary films on Kabbalah, which I may post to the website if I could find a decent uh, capture of it online. Um, we see at the bottom there, Nefesh, the animal soul. And this is, uh, correlates to, um, uh, if you look at the four worlds, this correlates to uh, Asiyat or the physical plane. Uh, he calls it the animal soul. This is just basically the, the root instincts of the individual. Above that, uh, corresponding to Yetzirah, is Ruach, which is the mind's eye. This is our intellectual capacities. Of course, this corresponds to the uh, um, a valve character in the Tetragrammaton, which you see a visual, a nice visual depiction there on the left. Okay, um, above that, uh, this would correspond to the world of Bria, which is Neshama. Neshama is intuition. This is the sacred feminine quality. Again, that world corresponded with water, and it's the first hay character in Yote Vav Hay. And above that, we have the universal life force. Okay, or alchemical fire. This is Atzilut in the uh, worlds of Kabbalah, in the four worlds, and this is this universal life force is known as Chia. So these are the four um, life qualities or soul qualities in Kabbalah. 
we see over and over again that uh, 1, 4, 7, and 10 are sacred numbers in, in the Kabbalistic tradition. Um, these, uh, these come up over and over again. Um, there's four other principles I want to talk about, concepts. These are the three levels of, of the, the, the um, nothingness that are spoken about in Kabbalah, and then the dark realm, or the hell world, called Klippot. So the, if you look at image number five, you often see this uh, depicted above the tree of life, these three levels of, of, of nothing, as they talk about it in the Kabbalah, of the void. These are realms that uh, are realms of uh, the, the creator intelligence itself. And uh, they are called the Ein Sof Or, which is the boundless light, which is above uh, Keter. Keter, again, is the, we're talking about, we talk about the Kabbalistic tree. This is the, uh, the divines uh, breaking up into different aspects so that it can experience itself in, in the uh, physical world, in the, the physical domain or dimension that we live in. So this is about the elevation of human consciousness to levels of uh, uh, higher levels of awareness, ending with Keter. And then above that, we have you know, the, the unified realm that they look at as having three levels to it, um, the Ein Sofor being the boundless light. This is kind of what they refer to as the light in Freemasonry when they say fiat lux, let there be light. Um, you know, the creator, the first words of the creator spoken in Genesis. Uh, the, the light of the creator in, in, Kab, uh, in Kabbalah, this is considered the Ein Sofor or what is called the boundless or limitless light. Above that realm, you have something that is even beyond the light which is the uh, potentiality of creation, which is the boundless itself. This is just, there's, there's no physical dimension to it whatsoever. It is just boundlessness and limitlessness. People look at this as pure empty space and, uh, you know, the, the, the nothingness between the stars, so to speak. Um, and then finally you have the Ein, which is just nothing. Pure void, the absolute potentiality that is, uh, underlies all of creation, uh, the no thing that from which the everything emerges, the silence from which uh, all vibration emerges. So these are kind of very heady, abstract concepts, but I figured I'd put them in there nonetheless because they are considered important concepts in Kabbalah. And uh, finally, underneath the tree of life, there is a realm as well. So this is the concept of correspondence in the Hermetic tradition, which is also uh, taught in the Kabbalistic tradition of as above, so below. As there are regions above the tree, there are regions below the tree. And uh, I put this region in red and uh, labeled it. It is known as Klippot. Klippot is the dark realm, deep subconscious realms that underlie physical creation. Some people say are the hell worlds that uh, sometimes uh, disincarnate consciousnesses may want to enter our uh, physical dimension from. And you hear about different researchers talking about that uh, what's really going on is that people are actually inhabited by other consciousnesses from other dimensions that want control and want to feed off of fear. And this is what Klippoth is. Klippoth is this hell world where um, it is um, basically the deepest and darkest research, uh, recesses of the human subconscious that connect with uh, other dimensions of existence that are very dark and not 
uh, geared toward the elevation or mastery of the individual, but toward the control of the individual. And dark Kabbalists practice what is known as Klopotic Kabbalah. And in the Klopotic Kabbalah, there is a whole other tree, which I have not talked about, which is called the tree of death, not the tree of life. So um, if you do further study on that and you re research Klopotic Kabbalah, this is the black magical side of Kabbalah. And this is what the sorcerers of the world use. It is one of the um, methodologies that they use to gain access to our subconscious and control us and put us on strings like puppets through our desires and our fears. It's, this is the realm of fear is what I, how I would describe Klopot. Okay, Klopot is the realm of fear. It is the, the realm of dark negative energy. Okay, it is the, the, it's the antichrist uh, realm, so to speak. This is the, not the, the realm of the light of the creator as the Ein Sof or Ein Sof and Ein are, but this is the realm of the demon world. Okay, so um, I, that's all I'll say about it for now, but it's an interesting study. It's uh, more difficult to get information on Klopotic Kabbalah. Uh, maybe I can post some because I do have some in my library. And uh, I'll try to do my best to put some good resources up on the website for people to look into further, and I'll do that sometime tomorrow. So um, finally, I'm going to wrap up tonight with a breakdown of uh, Kabbalah when it comes to the uh, tarot. Um, and this is an even more fascinating study, in my opinion. Tarot is one of my favorite um, mystical traditions. It is a very rich tradition symbolically and spiritually. And if you really understand what these cards are speaking to us, it's a beautiful tradition. So um, on images number seven and eight uh, in, on the website, we see two trees. Uh, the first tree, number, image number seven, I didn't get a chance to label it. I put this up last minute, uh, and I'll label it probably for the podcast images. Um, we see the microcosmic tree of life, okay? Image number eight is known as the macrocosmic tree. Now, these, all of these cards form the major arcana of the tarot deck. The major arcana is, arcana means knowledge, and the major knowledge is the higher realm of knowledge. This is the knowledge of the soul and the universe and its relationship to each other, their relationship to each other. The lower realms are the realms of the personality, okay, the lower knowledge, the, the minor arcana, okay, and these are the decks in the tarot, and they correlate to the playing card decks, okay. So maybe next week we can just do a study of tarot, because I, I'm taking a break from, again, the mind control techniques, because I want people to have a firm background of where some of the symbology that we're going to talk about comes from before we even start to break down all the different symbols that we're going to break down in the next section when we talk about symbolism as a form of mind control, a method of mind control. But, um, uh, you know, perhaps next week we can look at tarot uh, uh, for the whole show. But um just wanted to show how these uh, cards in the... Uh, in the major arcana relate to the uh, Kabbalistic tradition and the tree of life. To go back to the minor arcana for a moment, the, 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 suits, um, uh, the, the suits are of these uh, four minor decks are coins. Some people refer to them as discs, okay, coins or discs, 
or pentacles, they're referred to as in some decks. So coins slash discs slash pentacles, depending on the deck that you have, corresponds to the element of Earth. And again, these are our resources. This would be in the world of Asiya in Kabbalah, okay? And Earth would uh, represent our, the resources that we have to employ in life uh, and how we use them. And on the uh, regular playing card deck, this would be the suit of diamonds, okay, because it's about, you know, riches or money and, you know, physical worldly things, okay? Uh, moving upward, we would then have the uh, deck of um, swords, okay? So swords would correspond to the mental plane, okay, or air, and it would be yet zero on the Kabbalistic tree. In the regular playing card deck, these would be spades, and these represent our intellect, okay? A cutting quality, a cutting qualities of the intellect, swords, okay? Uh, upward from that, we would go to cups. Cups would represent the emotional plane, and this would be Bria on the Kabbalistic tree, okay? This is uh, the alchemical uh, quality of water, hence cups, which, you know, are chalices, the sacred feminine, in other words, the, the emotions, okay? On the regular playing card deck, uh, the cups are, uh, correspond with hearts, the suit of hearts. And then the highest deck would be, the, uh, of the minor arcana, would be wands, which correspond to fire or will, okay? This is the realm of absolute in Kabbalah. And on the regular playing card deck, uh, this would be clubs. Now you'll notice in the regular playing card deck, the entire major arcana is missing, representing taking knowledge of the self and its relationship to the universe out of the playing card deck and relegating it to just a game. Okay? None of those images are in the modern deck of playing cards. Okay? Uh, the fifth element is left out of the equation, which is the soul, the spirit. So if we look at these two tree depictions, images number seven and eight, as it relates with the tarot, I have laid the uh, major arcana cards out according to, uh, according to their numbers in the same positions as the sephirot on the tree of life. Okay? Now, the dot spheres, okay, which is the second down from the top on the middle pillar, the second card, we look at the very top card on number seven, that's the magician. Underneath that, I put the soul, or the fool, okay? This represents the soul on the microcosmic tree. If you look at the corresponding position in image number eight on the site, okay? Uh, and these may be different images uh, in the podcast. You have to understand that. Uh, so um, these are just the images for the live show. Maybe I'll just keep them in that position to avoid confusion and then tack on anything uh, underneath, uh, you know, if I add anything else. Um, so the, um, the world is uh, the corresponds to the position in of dot on um, the macrocosmic tree. So the, these um, are what these two trees are about. The first one is all the qualities of the uh, 
individual as it makes its journey through life, and the second is about the qualities that we see enacted in the world. Okay? So um, I'll start at Malkut. Malkut at the bottom is the material world, okay, on the first uh, tree, the, mic the microcosmic tree. And this is the Wheel of Fortune card. So this is the material plane, okay? Um, above that, we have the hermit, and he corresponds to Yesod. Yesod is a desire for knowledge and initiation. We see the hermit holding the lamp, understanding he's in darkness and wants to, you know, move on in search of the light to be initiated. He's the, he's the initiate, okay? The um, uh, strength card, which represents internal qualities of courage, and the, the chariot card, which is in the, on the sphere of victory, okay, uh, th this is the solar plexus chakra, courage and will. Okay, so we have the Malkuth at the bottom, the material plane, I made it red. The uh, Yesod sphere, which is orange there, the hermit. And the, the yellow sphere, which corresponds to the solar plexus, it's the, the um, uh, courage card or strength and... Uh, um, the chariot will okay. So this is uh, hold would be strength and and netza um, uh, would be uh, the chariot. Then the lovers is Tiferet, the heart chakra there in green, okay. And we go up to the hierophant and the emperor. So this is the throat chakra. These are the way we interact. Hierophant would represent a geberah severity, self control. And emperor would represent uh, said mercy, or influencing others. And then we have uh, at the top bar, uh, just below Keter, we have um, the empress there on the left, representing understanding, or Binah, and the high priestess on the right, representing wisdom, or Hokmah. So the empress would be the knowledge we carry with us, the High priestess would be wisdom, what we do with what we know. And then, of course, there is self-mastery representing the magician, elevation to higher levels of awareness and consciousness. He's at the top of the microcosmic tree, which is the goal in the physical world of the fool. Okay, but ultimately, they grow from, this whole tree grows from the zero points, which is the fool, and it's, uh, that represents the soul's journey into into a state of uh, incarnation on the earth plane, okay? So that's the microcosmic tree. The macrocosmic tree deals with the forces of nature and natural law in the external domain or the universe, the seemingly external, I should say. So we have uh, the judgment card at the bottom representing Malkuth or being kind of stuck in the material plane. You know, you can look at it as rising from the material plane. The angel is calling one upward out of the material realm and awakening them from their slumber, from their tomb, from their graves, okay, blowing the trumpet, uh, the judgment card, uh, corresponding to Malkuth. Above that, we have uh, the sun, the moon, and the star, the three cards um, uh, corresponding to the uh, triangle that represents Yetzirah. Okay, these are the um, qualities that we've been talking about over the last several weeks, which is, uh, you know, correspond to the religions. I have a minute and a half. I'll try to break this down quickly, and then we can continue next week with uh, further exploration of the tarot.
So uh, above that, we have the, the um, tower card representing uh, change and the generative principle, how change is created, ultimately created through the heart. And uh, it's funny that uh, that's where we left off last week uh, when I started to break this down, talking about uh, the heart and Tiferet. So only appropriate that we leave it off there this week. I won't go any further. I'll leave it there. And um, we have about a minute left. Uh, like I said, we'll talk about more about tarot next week. Maybe I can complete this breakdown of the microcosmic and macrocosmic trees. And then we can look at the tradition of the tarot. Hopefully we won't have too many uh, audio difficulties. Uh, looks like that, that was all blizzard-related. We have a, we're in a full-blown blizzard here in Philadelphia today. But um, I guess that's all we have time for, folks. I want to thank everybody for listening. Sorry I didn't get a chance to take more calls. Um, you've been listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on the Intel Hub News Network. I'll see everybody right here next week. Thank you, everybody. Me and my buddy, Jack Chowley, people, we like to go down a restaurant.